Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Hey everybody, welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Uh, before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about how awesome Canyon Bakehouse is. If you or somebody in your family or somebody who you eat with for some other reason has an allergy to gluten or soy or nuts or dairy, uh, you should definitely be checking out Canyon Bakehouse. They make it really easy for people to eat bread. It just tastes like normal bread. It feels like normal bread. You don't have to deal with putting up with something that's worse because of your allergies. Uh, definitely check them out. You can find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle. Uh, or if you go to canyonglutenfree.com, you can get a coupon and you can actually order it online as well. So that's really convenient and you guys should check it out. Uh, time to talk about football. Today was the last media availability of the bye week, our last chance to talk to people. Very few people are actually available to talk today. Um, all of the coaches, pretty much all the coaches, a couple stick around to run practice, but most of them are out on the road recruiting. A bunch of the guys typically don't have like space cleared on Thursdays to do media afterward. They have classes uh, because this isn't a traditional media day during the season. So I think I think I it was like the f one of the five guys I requested, six guys who was actually available, um, just kind of like working way through, finding somebody. Uh, that's what happens during the bye week and got some good stuff. Uh, talked to Mikhail Onu. And we're actually going to play that audio for you in the second segment because he had a lot of smart things to say. And I don't know, he, he gave us a chance to kind of get into the head of a defensive player for the Colorado Buffaloes right now. You know, they've, they've struggled, but kind of like John Van Deest was telling me yesterday, even though if you look at the numbers, you watch the games, it looks like they're struggling. Most of what's going wrong is mistakes that they're making. You know, it's it's somebody missing an assignment, not knowing where he's supposed to be, that sort of stuff. It isn't that they're lining up one-on-one -on -one and just can't handle the other team. They aren't getting pushed around too much in the running game or that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, maybe the pass rush is just outmatched, but pretty much everywhere else, they're just mistakes that are still happening everywhere. Whether they're... Mental mistakes, not knowing your job, whether they're issues with technique. Uh, 
And and that's something that this defense really seems happy about. You know, when they go back and watch, they see what they're doing wrong and feel like it's something that they can fix. It's not that the offenses are better than them. It's just that the offense are, are playing better than them, which doesn't sound like a huge difference, but it really is. And it's why this defense thinks that it can pull itself together. You know, when, when we do play the audio, you'll hear Mikhail say, this, this defense could be really good. This team, if everything comes together the way they want it to, could be one of the best teams in the country. You might not agree with that, but that's the mentality that this Buffs football team has, and I think that that's important. And, you know, it's similar to what we've been hearing throughout camp, but Mikhail really knows how to put those words together and talk about it. There's also some good stuff about his interception, or near interception this week. Um, and we're going to get to that later. For now, uh, we want to talk about the other stuff that's going on Boulder. Uh, also had a chance to talk with James Stefanow for just a couple minutes before I went to go see what Mikhail was up to. And uh, he... The key, the key point from his availability is that he thinks that everything really stems from his health. Uh, so this season, he I don't think he's missed. I guess he had the one extra point blocked, but I don't think he's missed anything else. He brought up the couple of missed field goals against Nebraska last season uh, when, when he was kind of banged up all year, missed some time. But, I mean, he said he's not doing anything differently. He didn't make any major changes to his technique or how he thinks about things. It's it's none of that. It's just that he is now healthy and that that is allowing him to do what he thinks he can do, which is kick the ball far and straight, and that's his job. Uh, also, he's kind of a blast to talk to. Like, he's always a blast to talk to because he has that accent, that Australian accent, and there's so many f- funny things. I mean, it's just like, oh, yeah, I saw you guys when I was flipping through the telly. And you hear that, and like, how do you not laugh? Uh, It's really, really hard. Um, Wasn't a super eventful day in Boulder today. Um, Went to practice, uh, and then they all kind of just headed out. Uh, Like I said, the coaches had to go. There was no statement from the coaches, which means we have still not heard anything about LaVisca Chenault or Mustafa Johnson, which is too bad you you it's it's honestly just more concerning the longer we have to wait you know that's that's kind of how it feels to me uh early on you're thinking like oh yeah they're probably a little banged up maybe they miss a game maybe they miss two games maybe they're good to go but when it takes longer to get word that that scares me and maybe that's not what's been going through your guys's minds but that's kind of where i'm at right now uh hopefully Today's Thursday with no word. I haven't checked my email. It's with Mel not speaking anymore uh, because he is doing recruiting stuff. I don't know how we would hear. I'd guess that it's just like a press release email. No, I just checked my email again and I still haven't gotten anything. So maybe Friday, maybe tomorrow we will hear something. Uh, at the very latest, they release a depth chart on Tuesdays. So I know five days is a long time to wait for this information. That could be what we're looking at. You know, he never did say like, we are going to get you an update this week. Mel didn't, 
but he did say like later on this week i'm gonna or i hope to or i'm gonna try or some he used that kind of terminology so we're still just kind of in wait and see mode um i don't know what to make of that to be honest you know if, if we are talking what does this team look like against arizona without those two players it changes things, obviously. LaVisca is your matchup nightmare. LaVisca's the guy who maybe he doesn't like... I mean, hopefully he is either single covered and so you can just get him the ball constantly or he's double covered and that just means that every other receiver on the field is is like only has one defender on him. Um, that is massive. This Arizona defense, though, it's not good to be honest uh we'll get a chance to see them saturday i think they play at 8 30 8 30 mountain time uh against uh oh they're they're ucla this week so that'll be an interesting game to kind of see where everything stands but it's kind of disappointing ucla went off the way they did last week putting up 67 points because we kind of thought that we had the book on that team and when they played somebody else we could kind of react and know what to take away from that game now that we don't know what ucla is it's going to be tougher to see to really to really gauge arizona based on that game but i would not expect arizona's defense to really step up and be good (laughs) they're just not good it's not a great football team i mean they're probably i still have them bottom three in the pac-12 i think ucla and uh and Oregon State are worse, but I mean Arizona, they haven't proven that they can do much. So it's a little disappointing we don't get to see them play a team that we had a better grasp on, see what that defense looks like. Because right now, if the defense comes out and just shuts down UCLA, sure that's cool that they shut down a team that put up whatever 40 points, 50 points in the second half of their game last week but at the same time that wasn't ever a good offense up until that point so it really is tough to pull anything i'm going to be working off the assumption that that defense really is as bad as we've seen and losing lavisca chenault obviously hurts but the weapons you have are still so much better than the defenders they'll be facing that you're confident in that matchup on the other side of the ball, if Mustafa Johnson were to not play, and again, this is not based on anything we've heard, but just a what if, to be honest. But if if he were to sit out that game against Arizona, you get a little bit scared there just because uh, nobody else... I mean, maybe I'd say Alex Changham has been their next best pass rusher. He's been solid but you really don't feel like there's going to be much of a pass rush. And that's something you want against Khalil Tate. Put the pressure on him. Don't let him sit back there, look around, and then take off and run if he wants to take off and run. You have to dictate what he does. You need to get to him, force him out of the pocket, have a spy who's ready to take him down when he's out of the pocket. It's it's tough to rattle these uh, running quarterbacks. Honestly, he might even be like a run-first quarterback, not even like a dual threat. But letting them sit there and then decide for themselves what they're going to do is not the way you beat them. You collapse the pocket, 
you try to pin him in there. If you don't, you at least chase him out away from where he wants to be and have a spy ready to bring him down before he picks up any yards. You know, that's that's the strategy. Uh, without Mustafa Johnson, it becomes a lot more difficult. Uh, and and it, it, it will probably be pretty frustrating to watch because of what Khalil Tate can do. I still think the Buffs would win the football game, but the loss of Mustafa Johnson would make it make it scarier make it scarier I think that's the best way to say it uh we'll definitely be talking more about that UCLA Arizona game tomorrow talking about what to watch for what we really can learn about Arizona from that game um the the game like I said is 8 30 on Saturday and I'll drop the podcast Friday at some point and then we can talk on there about that a couple more things uh, again, this is probably too late for me to be saying this on the podcast for you guys to actually catch it. But on Pac-12 Network, uh, Colorado soccer team, the should-be undefeated Buffs, uh, number 24, are taking on Arizona State, I believe. Yeah, I think it's Arizona State at Arizona State. Um, 8 o'clock, Pac-12 Network. You can watch it there. Uh, only game this week before they come back here and play Oregon and Oregon State, like Thursday, Saturday, or Thursday, Sunday, something like that. Um, it's a big one. First game of Pac-12 play. It's going to be really exciting. Uh, Colorado's dropped one match all summer. Just caught that. Said match instead of game. Uh, and they shouldn't have lost that one. Like I've said before, lots of bad calls. Uh, a PK was given when the Florida State defender, or when the Colorado defender tried to slide tackle Florida State girl, but actually did not make any contact at all. And it, it, it was just consistently that bad throughout the match. Florida State was the defending national champs. They'll be in the conversation again this year. It's the ACC refs. And I'm usually not a blame the refs guy, but it was pretty obvious what was going on there. Uh, so yeah, Buffs should be 9-0. Instead, they're 8-1. and This is a great soccer team. They honestly should be quite a bit higher than number 24, but that's where they are. They've got to win some soccer games. That's going to be a good one. Um, Buffs basketball starts practice tomorrow morning, Friday morning at 7 a.m., pretty early. I'll be up in Boulder for that, watch some practice, see what's going on, and then talk to people about basketball. So we'll talk a little bit of basketball tomorrow too, as well as Arizona uh, UCLA, and of course, get some Buffs football talk in there as well. So be looking ahead to all of that stuff. Uh, Before we get to the audio from Mikhail Onu, I want to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Uh, Breckenridge is incredible, not just the town, but also the beer. Uh, yesterday on the live show, which I hope you guys enjoyed. I I was trying to think the whole time, like, let's make sure we aren't just doing things that make sense on video, but also fit on the podcast as well. Like the bit about me having the cut on my face, maybe not great radio, but decent video. I hope, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that though. We're going to be doing more of that stuff going forward. I think it's a lot of fun kind of changes changes the vibe just like having Brendan vote and 
Ryan Koenigsberg and Ali Monroy on to drink beer and talk buffs. Changes the vibe from our day-to-day normal podcast. Uh, so yeah, uh, would not have been nearly as much fun without Breckenridge Brewery. I mentioned that I wanted to try the Mango Mosaic because it just sounds incredible. Uh, have not had a chance to do that yet because it's been like 24 hours during the middle of the week, but I will be doing that soon. Also check out Colorado Core. We've been plugging that one hard because it is that good. Um, it's very apple It's kind of cidery, but also does not have that much sugar in it. They did something that I don't understand with the chemicals or whatever that uh, means that there's no gluten or almost no gluten. Um, great beer, great people. Check them out. Uh, we'll also be drinking Breck beers on Sunday at the watch party at, uh, or not the watch party, the tailgate before the Broncos play the Jaguars at Mile High. And if you guys are going to the game, if you guys just want to swing by, I think we're going to be up there starting. Brandon asked me if I wanted to go up there at seven with him. So yikes uh, for a two thirty kickoff. So if you guys want to come hang out, come hang out with us. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Ryan will be there. Ali will be there. Zach will be there. I think Mace will be there. I don't know. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So, now we're going to let Mikhail Onu do some of the talking. Um, there was a big group of media, and I had like a quick conversation with him before, so I kind of just backed off and let everybody ask what they wanted to ask. And in my opinion, they did a great job. So here's like seven minutes of what Mikhail Onu had to say today. And I hope you guys enjoy it. We'll break it down on the other side. I study these things. What, what have you seen defense-wise? It's not happening in the first half. It is in the second. Just us. Just us. Like you go back and look at the tape, it just makes you sick. Just looking at like the little things that we do wrong. You know, not lined up correctly. You know, leads up to this to a seventy-five-yard touchdown. You know, I mean, they're taking like screen plays like to the house. I mean, it's just little things. You know. Little things. We get to come out and start off. We get to start out fast. You know, I think, I think our intensity rises once our backs against the wall. So you know, we're down 14 nothing, 14 seven, or seven nothing, something like that. You know, you're like, oh man, we can't let score anymore. We have to come out like that. You know, we have to come out the locker room ready to play, not getting our butts up and then ready to play. You know, because sometimes you know, you never know how the offense is going, and it might be too late. You know, the offense is having a bad day. You know, scoring points. Well, if, they, if we get a touchdown, we lose. No matter how well you play, so we have to start out fast. I like our intensity in the second half and when they have to be scoring and stuff, but we have to just limit the plays. You know, we have to we have to come out and we have to be ready to communicate, be ready to be physical every single play, starting from play one, not starting from play fifteen, play twenty, play three. What is that difference between the big plays? Most of them have come in the first half. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the difference between and all of a sudden shutting it down in that second? Well, I mean, I think uh, it's just you know it's just level of focus. First coming out there, you know, some people have some pregame jitters. Some people, you know, just trying to get their feet wet, trying to get, you know, get used to the speed of the game, stuff like that. People, people different teams have different tempos, stuff like that. Um, and then also, you know, once you get beat once, you never want to get beat again. So, I mean, whatever you have to do, like, you might line up 35 yards back before you let anybody beat you again. So, I mean, part of it is just, you know, just, you know, alignment errors, you know, communication errors. Part of it, like, like in the first half. Second half, you know, you clean all that kind of stuff up. You don't want to get beat twice, and so you know we make we make the adjustments and all that kind of stuff. But you know we, we shouldn't have to get to that point. And I think it's just kind of just like what I like I said, you know, jitters, uh, you know, different guys coming in and out, stuff like that. And so we we just have we just got to make sure everybody on defense is ready to go for play one. 
How much is it a, the, the opposition has thrown things at you in the first half that you guys haven't really studied yet? Oh, I would say, I mean, I think maybe Colorado State was probably I think the only team that really just, like, for me, personally, for me, just shocked me. Uh, kind of some of stuff they did. Besides that, we've been ready, you know, um, going from practice a little different point of the game. Um, and so I know, you know, like, I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking back this past game, the deep ball way through. Um, we were in like a regular, regular covers that we play every day in practice, but it's just, you know, when a guy does one thing wrong, another guy compensates for that guy, and another guy's wide open. And so um, we just gotta, you know, it's, not, it's nothing that we haven't seen before, you know, football's football. You, you know, maybe we haven't seen that exact play, that exact route concept, but you know your, you know your assignment, you know your, your uh, fundamental, you know your technique, all that kind of stuff. So you should be able to line up and play anything, and that's part of that's on me too. I, I play for especially, you know, coming out early. Air Force had a big touchdown. I gave up bad eyes, so we all have to come out um, ready to play from day from play one, like I, like I said previously. And I, I think we'll be fine. And um, this limit bus will be good. I mean, you guys obviously have confidence in each other and. Turnovers are, are the goal, of course, but have you kind of just been maybe a little bit pleasantly surprised just how well this defense has been able to just force turnovers from opposing offenses? Uh, I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, I, I feel like, you know, we have a chance to create a turnover every time we step on the field. And I think and everyone on defense uh, feels the same way, you know, uh, along with physicality. Um, takeaway is one of our biggest, you know, key, uh, one of our key points for this defense, and we need them. You know, you look at some of the games, um, turnovers are coming really, really, really big times, you know, game-changing, momentum-swinging type uh, plays. And so, you know, you always, you're always on defense looking to make that kind of play and looking to get, you know, right back. I mean, we give up a long touchdown, come back to the next play, get a takeaway. I mean, that's, that's you need that for a defense, you need that for morale, you need that for, you know, just being confident in your play. And so I think it's the biggest thing for us, you know, that's another reason uh, why we uh, have been able to, you know, get, get a kind of turn around after like a bus or something like that is takeaways. Once you get takeaway, you know, everyone's confidence level is up. And so we have to continue to do that, and I think we're going to do a good job, but I'm not surprised at all, no. Did you have your hands on an interception last week that got to your hands? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah I, was, I, was, I was actually, I was sick about it. Um, Mom called me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Mom called me, Dad called me. They all, everyone's checking on me because they know how I get. I mean, like, I was happy we won and stuff, but I, I looked over that play at least a thousand times. And then I kind of, like, tried to make it justify it to why I dropped it. But, I mean, uh, I, I was able, I got, I reading it, went up, and, like, the ball got here instead of on my hand, which I still, I still should catch it. But, um, yeah, I was sick. Um, I think I saw somebody this uh, the other day. After the game, Coach Summers, or the next day, Coach Summers was like, this is why we recruit height. They had a picture of me being like this far away from getting the muffled hands on it. But I got to come I gotta come down with that, man. especially at that point. Another would have been another game-changing play, but, you know, uh, I'm not going to dwell on it. Next time that happens, I'll guarantee you'll be interception. So fast start, a pretty big point of emphasis uh, as you guys are going through the bye week. Oh, yeah, for most week. definitely, most definitely. Uh, we just we have to start faster, both sides of the ball, special teams included. We have to, we just have to start faster. You know, we, we don't want to. It's not like last. We started we started pretty fast this past week. I think we went up one fourteen zero, but then again, again, you know, way how, how college football works and how we play, and it's been up and down. So we have to maintain consistency. I think that's the biggest point that we've hit. It's just being consistent, whether it's at the start of the game, middle of the end. We have to be the same team. You know, we want to be at our peak throughout the game. We don't want to be up and down like a roller coaster. You know, we want to stay even keel throughout the game. You know, I think once you know, once we've played our best on both all three phases, you know, I don't think. A lot of teams can, cannot beat us, so I think you know we need to focus on just, just you know being not perfect, but try to be perfect every single play, and you know I think it'll yield good results for us in the field. Are you anxious to see how good this team could be if 
if you get that complete game from both sides? Oh, I know, I know how good this team could be if you get a complete game. I, I, I think if we play, you know, a complete game, our brand of football, physicality, communicate, uh, line up on defense, you know, big players on offense, stuff like that, I don't think anybody can beat us. I think we could be one of the best teams in the country, but we have to focus on getting better every day and day in and day out, playing and play out and focusing on little things, detailed things, and stuff like that. But the bye week is big for stuff like that, you know. Bye week, you want to focus on getting back to fundamentals, back to technique, back to communication, back to, you know, being physical, running to the football, stuff like that. You know, the little things that you take for granted as you get into the season, as you get into, like, bigger games, you know. Everyone wants to make a big play, big play, but, you know, you make big plays by being consistent in every single play and, you know, uh, just doing your job. And so I think that's the biggest thing for us, and that's what we focused on uh, this bye week, and I'm excited to see us come out this next game. How much bigger is communication when you've got so many guys around you in the second they're kind of going down and new guys are coming in you're playing next to somebody new a lot of time it's huge and I think it starts in practice you know I think we want to be perfect in our communication every day we come out here you know I know that for me that's the biggest thing I try to tell the guys is every time we come out here treat it like a game you know we don't want to give up big plays we don't want to you know be misaligned we don't want to if we line up we are great if we line up and play football and we know what we're doing Nobody's gonna get anything on us, man. And I, and I and I we come out here every day. We try to we try to do that. And you know, unfortunately, so far this season it hasn't been hasn't worked out like that in our favor. But you know, I'm positive, and I know we'll pick it up uh, this coming up week and going on to the season. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks yeah, Thank you. Thanks. So uh, that's Mikhail. Um, I think I can't. I don't think I've played. Any audio from talking to him? Oh, I did. I did play some audio from talking to him before the Air Force game. He was talking about this stuff. But, uh, I mean, there's a reason I go back to him. And you guys can hear it there. Very well-spoken. Um, just a bright guy with a, the right attitude to be a good football player. You know, he's uh, he, he's impressed me whenever I talk to him because he does know a lot about the game. He knows how to... He, he, here's how I'm going to say it. He almost feels like a young Mel Tucker. Just the way he talks. The way he, like, is in control. He's confident. He isn't arrogant. Um, while, while that was playing, while I was, like, listening back through it um, just now, uh, a fly flew in my coffee. The Starbucks cold brew, which Allie told me to buy more of instead of drinking Red Bull yesterday, um... And I didn't notice that, and I took a drink, and the fly wound up in my mouth, and it was disgusting, and I'm, I'm having trouble focusing, to be honest. I keep, like, feeling around to make sure there isn't another little fly piece in there. Okay, gonna move on mentally. Now now I'm ready to, to get back into this. Um, But yeah, I mean, the stuff that he's saying about how the defense, you get beat early, and then you don't want to get beat again. It's, it's changing that mentality where you see you get burned and then you're like, oh no, can't let that happen. How do you get that mentality earlier? That's what they're focusing on. Um, really like that point, how he interpreted that situation. Um, obviously hearing about him just barely missing that interception, it's hilarious. Uh, I'm actually, I, I always just throw buffs games on my TV while I talk about the buffs on the podcast. And we just got past that play while he was talking about it. And uh, I, f- I feel for the guy because that was right there. The joke, though, from uh, Tyson Summers saying, like, oh, that's why we recruit height. Incredible. Incredible stuff. Um, yeah. 
something else that I thought was interesting, this isn't like a huge deal, but when I was talking to Mikhail last week, he mentioned that there are really two reasons he's, uh, he's forced turnovers this season. One is positioning, knowing his job, always rushing to the ball. And he credits half of that for it because, I mean, you think the interceptions, they weren't like great plays by a cornerback in great position because obviously that's not his job. His job is to be over the top. One ball was overthrown. He wouldn't have been able to make a play on the receiver anyway, but he still ran over there and he picked off the pass. Uh, There's the same thing sort of in uh, the Air Force game in the end zone. Maybe that's even more similar to the second interception, the Colorado State game, when it's the same situation. Can't actually make a play on the receiver, but he still runs over there, and so when the ball bounces up, he picks it off. And that sounds like such an easy thing to do, but a lot of guys don't. It's easy to jog over instead of sprint over. That's not who Mikhail is. But then the other part of it, uh, he said, was he always tries to put his helmet on the ball when he's tackling. And he's forced a couple fumbles that way. And if you go back and watch, that's how he forced the fumbles. There have also been a couple pretty big hits from him this season that have come from tackling low, hitting his helmet on the ball um, or close to the ball. Just some notes there so that next time you see him make a tackle, see him hustle over, you're like, oh, yeah, that's that's what he was talking about. That's what he says works. And that's the same stuff that his roommate, Sam Neuer, says that he's learning from Mikhail, uh, how to follow the ball, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I am so excited to see Sam Neuer on the field. I don't know if that's going to happen against Arizona. I don't know if that's going to happen this season. But from what I've been hearing about him, he's he's not... I mean, it's Mikhail said it best. He's not a converted quarterback anymore. He's a safety. And every day he's taking big steps and looks like he's ready to go. 6'4", 220 at safety and a good athlete. I, I'm really excited for that. Just watch the linebackers get beaten coverage again. It's too bad. Something needs to change. But... uh. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm high on these safeties. Darren Rakestraw, uh, who was one of the guys, I think the first guy I requested today, I wanted to talk to him, and he had class right after. Um, so did not get to talk to Darian, but he played incredibly well. And he blew up that first play of the game uh, against Arizona State, and we really should have seen that and thought, oh, he knows how to play, and expected everything else that came after. These safeties are actually pretty good which we weren't sure they would be going into this season uh corners still need some work i mean kj trujillo i bet he's getting some playing time you know that's that's where we are this season uh we will just kind of have to wait and see it does inspire confidence to hear mikhail though at least to me because he does have that kind of calm quiet confidence but it isn't like we we know what we're doing. We're going to be good. It's we know how we can be where we need to be. And there's that belief that you would expect from a guy on a Mel Tucker team that Colorado can beat anybody. And I don't know that that's necessarily... I mean, they're not going to line up and beat Alabama or Clemson. You know, that's just not going to happen. And there are, what, 10 teams in the country who would even have a chance... But after that, when things start to thin out, any team that isn't ranked in the top 10, I've said this before, if Colorado just pulls itself together, keeps developing throughout the season, they have a chance. 
they have a chance. And that's different than the past. You know, not to just rub it in CSU fans' faces, but just today, Mike Bobo, CSU's coach, they're going into the game against Utah State, one of the best teams in the conference. And (laughs) somebody asked about his defense, and he said, well... The weather's supposed to be bad, so hopefully the weather's bad. Like, that's what they're thinking there. Like, this defense isn't actually going to be able to stop anybody. We just have to hope the weather is so bad that they can't do anything themselves. You know, it's a 24-point line. That's not a fun place to be as a football team. Even though there are problems on this defense, it's still a fun time to be following the Colorado Buffaloes, and I hope you guys are enjoying it. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we are going to talk about uh, the questions that you guys sent in, the comments on yesterday's podcast. Um, And I just realized we don't actually take breaks anymore because pretty much everything is all just ad reads. So right now, I'm actually just going to tell you about Total Beverage. All right. So Total Bev is where I buy all of my alcohol. Uh, it's, they have two locations, I, I believe Thornton, Thornton and Westminster. I always stop at Westminster because it's between Denver and Boulder, and I can just stop there on my way back. Uh, so many options. The place is massive. Uh, they're obviously good people. Otherwise, we wouldn't partner with them. But there, there really isn't a better liquor store, at least that I've seen, uh, in Colorado. Uh, the best part right now is that... Uh, if you use code DNVR, uh, you can get 30%. Oh, actually, the code is DNVR2019, all one word. You can use that online or you can use it in the app. And if you order $25 or more, you can get 30% off. That's a lot. So download the app, go to their website, order. Uh, plus, they deliver, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, they also offer CBD products now. They have drinks. They have gummies. Uh, check them out. You know that we push CBD products, so give them a try. Uh, yeah, Total Beverage. Pretty cool. Um, now I've got to tell you about our favorite CBD product, which is Strava Craft Coffee. Um, you can use it to stop back pain, migraines, arthritis, IBS, decreases anxiety, just does everything. CBD is not psychoactive. It's just helpful. It just makes you feel better in whatever way you need to feel better, which does not sound real when I say it out loud, but that's what people say is that I didn't know I needed it until I tried it and it fixed whatever just happened to be happening to that person. Uh, So definitely check them out. Okay, get 20% off from StravaCraft. Uh, with the code BSN2019. Probably need to get that code updated. Uh, But uh, if you use it at checkout, you'll get it chipped straight to your door, 20% off. Awesome deal. Again, awesome people too. You'd feel good supporting them. All right. Uh, Time to move along into what you guys have to say. You know, yesterday we let uh, people on Twitter jump in with their comments because it was our first live stream if you guys didn't check it out if you guys missed yesterday's show and you want to go back and watch us on facebook on uh twitter you can also do that you could see our faces while we talk it was pretty cool so we let uh 
non-subscribers also submit questions and we answered those and that was a good time but we have to give subscribers priority and so now we're back to just letting subscribers talk on the show so two comments today both from sunny rain uh the first one says hey henry i always enjoy you and rk teaming up to talk buffs because i know rk is a diehard and he will die on montez hill every week and i get it i'm older so i remember hagen stewart coy detmer and even goofy john hessler at cu's peak the list of names rk rattled off were indeed horrible at that position but what makes montez so frustrating is that in terms of skill to this point he has done far less than he could have this is a guy that should be a no-doubt first-tier NFL prospect. I don't know what he is or will be. Now he won't run. Maybe that's coaching. Maybe it's Montez and the six-letter word Ali used, scared. Can't be that at the next level. Hopefully he will play with the poise that he showed at ASU going forward. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. It really is weird. And yesterday we made a point of saying, you know, he is a college kid. He is 21, 22, however old he is. He's not an adult, you know? He can't rent a car or there's like a fee. I'm really not sure how that works. We had a conversation at practice. But, you know, he's he's still growing up. Even though he does seem like he's definitely taken steps forward just like as a person as well as as a football player over the last couple of years, he's still kind of just a kid. It's it's a tough position to be in. Like, I can't even imagine being in his shoes. Like, last year, or even when he was starting a couple years ago, two, three years ago, me walking around campus knowing that I am in charge of this million-dollar, multi-million-dollar athletics department. Like, I am kind of the face of it. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure to do a lot of things, make a lot of people happy. You know, plus you have to remember he's going to school. He, I don't know that he has like a girlfriend, but he might've had a girlfriend, you know, all that kind of stuff that's like different in that stage of your life that he's managing. And, you know, he's just trying to grow up and get his degree and also be the quarterback of a Pac-12 football team, you know, and, and that's no different than any other quarterbacks, you know, in, in, for power five football teams, but that's just a lot to be going on and a lot of pressure and a lot of people saying a lot of things about you. And I know if somebody was saying things about me, I'd be listening. I'd be interested in what people have to say about me, even if I don't like it or agree with it. His position is just so difficult, not quarterback, but just where he is in his life trying to manage all of these different things and all these pressures and do his job in the classroom and on the football team. That, I mean, you still don't like to see it. You still wish that he was consistent and he was a guy who was just waking up every day his best self and was leading this football team, all that kind of stuff. But that's a really tough expectation to meet when you are that age. Um, yeah, it, it's frustrating for sure. And I'm sure it's frustrating for him as well. I bet he'd be the first to say it. He was another guy requested today, but he was also busy. Um, and I wanted to talk to him about it. I want to be like, hey, you know, what's what's it like? Do you, do you listen to this? Do you, how, how do you handle it? Because you're in the spotlight 
as a 22 year old. You know, it's, it's just a strange thing that he has to be. I mean, it's just, honestly where it starts is that college colleges have sports teams, which is just a strange concept. Like I know it's super common here, obviously, and it's just like accepted, but in other places you don't do that. Like, if you're trying to go be a pro soccer player somewhere in Europe, you're going to some soccer academy when you're 16 and they're going to give you some classes for a couple of years too. But then when you turn 18, it's all about soccer, which just makes sense because that's what you're trying to do with your career. You don't need to learn political science or whatever. You're better off just focusing on trying to get better at what you're actually wanting to do. Uh, but here we just have these mixtures of things that puts him as kind of the face of this university that's 30,000 people and you don't really ease your way in. It's like, boom, you're a starter. It's not like being in a club soccer or some soccer academy where you're just like, oh, this kid, when he's 16, you're like, oh yeah, he's he's pretty good. He could be good. And, and that profile just kind of rises as the skill level rises. He was just bang, on the spot, the guy, uh, the face of this school in some ways. And you know, it wasn't just him. It's not like he was the Baker Mayfield here or something like that, but those expectations cannot be easy to handle. And I'd be interesting to hear how he does handle it. You know, uh, I just can't imagine. And that's just the off the field stuff. Then you have to get into how do you learn football? Does he have coaches? And, you know, I've been impressed with the coaching staff, but does he have guys who he trusts to really explain complex offenses defenses to him so that he's not just figuring out how to win at the college level but understand the game and become a student of the game instead of just somebody who can run an offense that's based on beating this defense you know it's not memorizing i need to look here 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 and pick whatever based on these criteria it's not memorizing at all but just understanding that when you look up here's how this offense is going to or this play is going to pull these defenders in different directions. How do I see what they're doing right away? Get that bang, bang, bang read set up in my head while I'm dropping back and then make those reads and then make the right decision. You know, there's so many different ways and there's, that's just a lot, a lot for somebody to try to figure out, especially somebody who is as young as he is and has all the other pressures around him as the, the quarterback, the starting quarterback of a school with 30 something thousand kids. Huh. It's, it's, it's interesting. And you know, like going back to that whole in Europe, they don't have college sports. I mean, they're, they are missing something because of it. Whenever you go to I mean, some mid-level premier leagues development team, their U16 team, their U18 t- team, like they aren't filling stadiums. They're, I mean, I would guess, not that I watch a lot of it, but you know, they're, they're just out there on a field and they're just slowly progressing. And then when you get up to whatever their next level is they're I don't even know if they do you something or if they go like B league, C league, I know they have that kind of stuff too, but as you just progress, the crowds get bigger and the stakes get bigger and you learn to handle pressure in stages. But he went from being a high school student a high school quarterback to being a backup to playing in front of 50,000 people. That's so much different than the way that 
players develop in other places, which makes a lot more sense. It isn't nearly as much fun. I mean, obviously wouldn't trade college football for having these kids play just for random teams like minor league baseball that nobody really cares about on their way to the NFL. But I mean, there, there are some challenges for the kids that come along with this. I feel weird calling them kids because they're only like a year younger than me. Some of them are the same age as me, but I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a lot to put on somebody. And then at the same time, like you, you you can, uh, it's, there's also the fact that he could go to any bar in Boulder, get free drinks and talk to any girl he wants to, you know, that's, that's another part that do you really trust any 22 year old to not take advantage of that situation just a little bit? It's a really difficult position to be in. And the fact that Steven has kind of grown up the way that he has, it's impressive. The, the fact that he has shown that he can do this kind of stuff like he did against Arizona state. That's impressive. It's just figuring out how to do it more consistently. And I think that there is a good chance that for somebody like him, not I, this sounds bad, but taking him off a college campus, putting him in just an NFL locker room and saying, you know what? You're spending eight hours every day on football and the rest of the time you're spending on like getting your body in shape or something like that. That could be good for him. Make him your backup quarterback. Make him your third string development project. Lock him in a room. And it's not that I think that he's like falling victim to these distractions that come from living in Boulder. Or, I mean, I kind of am. I definitely kind of am. But it's it's not because it's him. It's because he's 22 and every single 22-year-old guy in that situation would do the same thing or maybe even worse. And I don't, I'm not saying this coming from a place where I've seen him out in Boulder, but that's just what happens when you're on a college campus. There are all these other things going on. You have to get your degree. You have all these other focuses dividing your attention. And for him, just eight hours a day on football, I think that that would really benefit him. Um, Right now, it's about microwaving that. How do you get him to do what he did against Arizona State every week? And I'm not sure what the answer is. I really am not. Hopefully the coaches do. Uh, I can tell you that coaches in the past have not, obviously. You knew that. Um, Also, we've gotten to this late game play calling, and my goodness, is it frustrating. These screen passes, killer. Montez is shredding these guys, throw the football. But the point is, he's got a chance to really prove himself down the stretch. Hopefully, he he can live up to his skill level because I, I he owes it to himself. You know, he has all of these gifts. He needs to find a way to make use of them. And I really do think that he will. Um, it's just gonna it's it's just gonna be a frustrating ride like it has been. Uh, that's enough Stephen Montez talk. Uh, hopefully that rant wasn't a bad one. Uh, also from Sunny Rain, he says, hey, real quick, what's up with Jalen Jackson? Dude was nice versus Nebraska, and I haven't seen him since. They need to put that guy on the field. He's fire. Uh, so the thing about Jalen Jackson is that he's still pretty young. You know, he isn't – it's it's not like he's Tony Brown in his last year of eligibility ready to break out. They have two more years of Tony Brown after the or of Jalen Jackson after the season. I agree. He's made some big plays. I honestly don't know what exactly is 
keeping him off the field, but I can tell you right now, he had one reception for 57 yards, that Nebraska game, a big play, a play that, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if, if I can say I didn't expect it from him or I did expect it from him because you knew he had that in him. You know he's fast. You know he can get loose. Um, but at the same time, he's a little raw still. He's a sophomore. And so I don't think you are surprised seeing him flash that kind of speed and skill and ability to make big plays. And I, I think that we'll continue to see more out of him in that in, in that situation, especially as the year goes on. Um, also, you'll remember in that game, he had a 14-yard run. It was one of those jet sweeps. Yeah, I mean, there are just so many guys. With LaVisca potentially sitting out the next game, I haven't heard anything, by the way. I, I was thinking back, and it kind of does sound like I'm angling toward I know something, and I'm trying to tell you something without saying that I'm not able to say it if that makes sense. But uh, I really know nothing there. But if LaVisca does sit out that game, uh, then all of a sudden the depth chart is something like Katie Nixon, Tony Brown, Dimitri Stanley, Maurice Bell, and then Jalen Jackson. And so I bet he does get reps. I bet he does rotate in. But I don't know. I don't know. Uh, It's a good question for the coaching staff. And maybe next week when they're back, I'll ask, you know, what what do you see Jalen Jackson's role as going forward? Um, but again, I am very high on him in terms of the future. 2021, 2022, I, I would assume that he's going to be a big part of this offense. You know, LaVisca's gone after this year. Tony Brown has gone after this year. Katie Nixon could also be gone after this year, depending on his decision-making, uh, what he wants to do. Um, so, yeah. Going forward, I bet he's a part of the rotation. It'll also be interesting to see whether uh, Vontae Chenault gets much run this year. Obviously, he won't play more than four games. They're trying to keep his red shirt because they really don't need him. But I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, he does play those four games. I just don't know when they'll fall. You know, it's it's interesting there there are different ways Colorado could handle this. I said the word interesting again. Uh, but, but there are different ways Colorado could handle this. They could try to put him in uh, in real game situations when they need somebody to make a play because they think that he is capable of contributing in those situations. Or you could see him come in at the end of four blowouts. I don't know, but it will be telling because if they're putting him in in blowouts, that means they think he's too raw, too risky to put on the field. And I think that there's an 80% chance at least that that is the case. But if you see him get significant reps in a game, if, if you get to Arizona and he's out there in the first quarter, then you know that they think he can contribute. They just don't want him to contribute in too many games because they want to keep the red shirt. Receiver, of course, an interesting position for the Buffs. These depth charts, these uh, rep charts, as some coaches like call them, they're tough to crack. It's tough to carve out time when there are this many talented receivers. You kind of have to wait your turn, and I think that's the case for a lot of these young guys who 
are talented. And I think that Jalen Jackson will be a big part of the offense going forward. Vontae Chenault as well. Just maybe not as much this season. Uh, one more note on that, though. Mel Tucker did say that since this bye week is kind of more like a fall camp type week instead of a practice week, meaning that it isn't just scout team work. You're also letting uh, your top offense play your top defense and letting them get some good looks. They're rotating people in to see who can contribute. People who either didn't have a grasp on the playbook early on, maybe young guys who need to hit the weight room, add just a few more pounds before they were ready to see the field. Uh, for whatever reason, guys who a month ago, the coaching staff decided they didn't want to put them on the field, didn't want to put them in the rotation. They're getting a chance to prove themselves again. They're getting another chance to say they should be a part of the rotation, uh, sp specifically on special teams. And outside of special teams, we don't know exactly what positions they're looking at. Could be cornerback, uh, could be, I don't know. This is all speculation. Cornerback would make sense. Maybe some of the receivers can shake up the depth chart a little bit too. Maybe Jalen Jackson's one of those guys. Uh, yeah, so... I think that's all I have on Jalen Jackson and these receivers for right now. Uh, probably all I have to talk about for this entire show. As always, it's awesome talking with all of you. Uh, I'll be back here Friday. We're going to talk a little bit about the soccer match that we're about three hours away from now. 8 o'clock on Pac-12 Network. The, this is a great soccer team. Even if you aren't into soccer, you're into the buffs winning at sports. And this should be an undefeated soccer team. Even if they aren't undefeated, it blows my mind that they're only number 24. They're, gonna, they're going to keep surprising teams this year. They've got a chip on their shoulder. This is a smart team. They're fun to watch. They have the key pieces. Their key players are in the right places. You can see Taylor Korniak, the midfielder, J.J. Tompkins, the keeper, two of the best players in the country, uh, and that's not like a biased take at all. Two of the best players in the country just out there directing traffic, telling everybody where to go. They're in total control. This team has the strengths where you need the strengths, and there isn't really a limit to what they could do this season, at least in my book. I mean, you saw them. They should have beaten the best team in the country. Okay, uh, frustrating. Watch the game. Support them because in November when they're playing in the NCAA tournament, you're going to wish that you had seen all the games because that is going to be a fun ride. Um, is that it? Yeah. Subscribe uh, to the website, thednvr.com. You can see all of our written content. Uh, you can comment on podcasts. You can see our video content. It's an exciting time. Get in on it. And we really appreciate all of you that do, all of the, you that considered it, and even all of you who just want to listen to the podcast because you're a part of this too, and we really do appreciate you. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with more Buffs Talk. Uh, see you then. Competence and
see you later, baby. Colorado Army, we soldiers like the Navy. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya, hit ya. You on your own now, why you watching the official? You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag.